You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. I'll keep an eye. too much Clorox on my microphone. It smells <laughs> mine, mine probably smells like coffee now with my coffee breath. Coffee is coffee breath. I like can you coffee smell breath, it, guys. Better than Clorox. I can't smell it. I smell. I can't it. smell it. All I can smell is Clorox. <laughs> that was <laughs> like crap. I was gonna do like a hey, welcome back, but you know Sorry. what? It doesn't matter. We'll just start <laughs> with just bleach and coffee. We'll start finger. with that. It's right. whatever. You know why? Because it's, let's let it lets people know that that we uh, well we clean the mics. Yes. You know, we're, we're conscious we're very of sanitary that. Here. That's true. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We're just going to go from there. I'm going to put some gum in my mouth. Okay. For myself. Okay. All right. Chomp, 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 chomp. <laughs> just kidding. She's that wasn't her. <laughs> She's doing the sound effects to I you now. I was doing sound effects. Oh my for god! The gum. Please, Michael Winslow, everything <laughs> that, do. that Danny does Please tonight. Please do. Oh my god! That would make the episode so great. You're just over there. <laughs> Holy artist tonight, Melissa Below. Did you do you remember when you uh, first saw Police Academy or whatever? You saw Michael Winslow yes. doing that, and everybody walked around trying to make noises. And you could with never do it. Nobody. Could. And they always thought they could though. Yeah, I like, sound just like a car <laughs> you're like you're so full of it yeah i yeah i don't have any i can do like a pretty good elk call with like a vacuum extension Ooh. you know like i could probably get one down off the mountain right now for us <laughs> that first might get all, dangerous let's not risk first it. of all why why don't we have a next time we do a podcast <laughs> you're calling an elk with a vacuum extension on this fucking show <laughs> how does it even go is it like <laughs> Like, is I it mean, a... there's some elements that you were close with right there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait. This is something yeah. that... Yeah. that <laughs> you didn't even know. Even as it, thou betrothed, yeah. I did not know. Mm-hmm. You've never called an elk at home. That's right. <laughs> do you have any... stags, but no... <laughs> a few stags. Yeah, no elk. Do you have... Do you have any hidden... Any no. things? <laughs> I don't. Any sound effects? No. Or like... <laughs> Any hidden calls, m- mouth no. talents? Wait. <laughs> Whoa, not, wait. Where Whoa. are we going? <laughs> Different podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to apologize for my remarks towards Melissa Merlo. And yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Oh, God. Oh, man. You know, I always, this is my, this is one of the biggest, like, things about this podcast is that it's so much fun to do, but we talk about things that aren't fun to talk about. And it's like, it always feels so weird when we're like, hey, joking, laughing. All right, on today's show, somebody dies. Yeah. You know, like, a it's lot. one of us. Watching this made me <laughs> yeah. cry. Not it. <laughs> no. Not it. Um, <laughs> over the last, uh, well, couple months, uh, FX, was it FX, I think? Yes, it um, is. Did another um, season of their- I think their, it's Fox, actually. Is it Fox? Yeah, the main Fox. It's one of the. It's one Either of the, way, it's a there's an F, F and an X in right. its name. Yeah. Okay. Could be FXX. I don't know. F, there's, a, there's a bunch of different ones under their banner, but they, um, they did the, the OJ Simpson, American Crime Story OJ yes, People versus OJ. Done by OJ Ryan Simpson, Murphy, same guy who does American Horror Story. Which was fine. It was very watchable. 
It was interesting. All star cast. Interesting cast. Interesting casting. Very strange. Junior was a little interesting choice for OJ. There could have been a lot of people to play OJ. And that Friends guy, Schwimmer (laughs) as as Shapiro. Oh, Oh, my favorite was uh, what's his name? Travolta. Oh, Travolta. Oh, Travolta was the strangest. He looked like Battlefield Earth Travolta. (laughs) Did you kill him? He probably thinks that's a huge compliment, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's. I mean, because that's a tribute to his religion, to right? Hubbard, oh, right? Yeah. Um, it was a weird. It was. It was fine. It was a. It was. You could tell they had, you know, really kind of dramatized it, but it was actually. I mean, the way that they made it, it was cool and it was watchable. Um, when we found out they were doing season two, and they announced that they were going to be doing the murder of Johnny Versace, I remember. I remember thinking like, this got to be like two episodes. This was this. There was no story to this. He killed Johnny Versace, and there was like, it was like uh, five days later, the whole thing was over. And then, you know, so we started watching it, and it hooked us in. Um, you and I watched it. I, did you ever get a chance no, to watch I the didn't. Versace series? Which is a tragedy because I am a giant Ryan Murphy fan, so I should. Have it, you know, it was, I will watch it. I I'm was, also a Versace fan, and it was not endorsed at all by the Versace family. No, well, they it, were very against it. Yeah, I'm I can sure see how were. it would. Nobody, nobody involved would would probably endorse the juicy details. But it was based off memoirs and and interviews with people and stuff like that. And they sure they certainly had to fill in some blanks because there was a lot to this story that I didn't know. There was a lot to. Um, the killer, Andrew Cunanan, mm-hmm. that, totally that he, he was totally girls. <laughs> not saying it nicely. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Daddy issues for days. Everything. I mean, every, every disorder we've talked about on this show from narcissistic personality yeah. disorder to psychopathy to mm-hmm. everything. Dissociative, he had it. Totally. Yeah. He's like the Heinz 57 of psychopaths. Seriously, <laughs> he is. Dr. Pepper. He's got 23 this. flavors of crazy, man. He's <laughs> fucking crazy. Paging Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> um, here's here's the thing: is Cunanan uh, didn't just kill Johnny Versace, killed a few people. And as the if you watch the show, it really was interesting because it kind of started at Versace because clearly that was what broke the story. But then it would introduce these other characters, and it would kind of play almost backwards. Um, and it was really really fascinating because unlike a lot of killers, um, there's no as as far as I could find footage of Andrew Cunanan talking like no interviews because why would there be the 90s too yeah right I mean not everybody had uh, video phones. cameras and yeah, cell phones and recording things. He, he died before he was able to talk he didn't live in manifesto um so watching um uh, what is the what is the actor's name I don't know what the actor's name is Who that played Cunanan. yeah oh, um but watching him Playing Cunanan was interesting because you're like, how much of this was this character? Right. And a lot of that the show was that because we know who OJ is, we know who Robert Kardashian is, we know oh, who yeah, all those we people are. All we watched all that, play out. Mm-hmm. right? But this was a lot of those things where like him and the victims and all of that. I mean, aside from Johnny Versace, who was like the casting for him, by the way, dead fucking on, phenomenal, dead fucking on. Um, but you, you know, so they kind of, uh, you kind of have to figure that they filled in some of the holes in this story. So, um, what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the story of Andrew Cunanan, uh, which involves all of the victims, um, that he murdered. And then we'll kind of talk about both the facts of the story and the show and the parts of it that, you know, it might've 
Yeah, I will say that the actor, and, and if Melissa's probably going to find the name for us here, but he does a fantastic job of being just so despicable. I mean, honestly, he is, he he creeps me out. Like, he's like, I don't, I don't know him, but it's like, I don't want to know this dude. And if yeah. I did know him, I'd want to fight this dude. Yeah. You know, but he's... Sunk himself completely into the role. I mean, yeah. th- this is one of those things where, like, if you're playing a serial killer in a movie or whatever, um, you know, that's... That's something. That's that's being this person for a certain amount of time on screen. This dude was was this guy for hours and hours of screen time, which means even months of filming. And it would have been crazy to get into that headspace yeah. and be there because everything this dude did was a lie. He oh, was yeah. He totally was totally faked his own life. Yeah, and I to the point where I think he was truly lying to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and believed it. it. Yeah, exactly. I'm very delusional. Yeah. Delusional to a a terrifying downfall. I mean, the word I guess the word is psychopath. Really, I mean, because it wasn't just a focus on the murders. It was it was what kind of person that it it took to do the things that he did, and and the lead up into his life. And he is, I mean, just his social interactions and and the things that he does are just mind blowing um, acts of human behavior. Really, but. He created a whole other name for himself other yeah. than Kunan and yes. he was Salva or whatever. And and believe yeah. that identity. It's it's Well and, and I think, you know, it stems and when and the way that the show played out, it played back to his his childhood and, and a lot of this again again, we're gonna assume that they had interviews or stories or, or recollections of this kind of stuff. Um, there is some stuff that is public record. Um, but again, a lot of the time while this stuff was playing out, nobody thought to document all of the little tying together strings. So you kind of assume that, that A and B meant C, but, you know, a lot of this story had to be filled in afterwards. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you're a victim, and if, if the victim and the killer is dead, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, then it's it's really hard to ever know what truly went on between either of either of them. And that's that's the other thing about Cunanan, and we'll, we'll talk about the details of this, but all of his killings, as as most killings are, but, I mean... Sometimes something will happen and they'll they'll leave behind somebody else or they'll be a witness or whatever. Everything that he did was just him and the person. There was no traces of of, you know, any chance of witnesses, any chance of anything seeing it, any chance of recording equipment or anything um really containing the last minutes of what happened. And a lot of this has been speculated. So uh Darren Chris is the Darren name of the actor. Chris. Just so you guys know, he was in Glee. Oh, hmm. <laughs> another Ryan Murphy show. I wonder if okay. there's anything about how he feels about playing that role, like what it took. Because I mean, it is a crazy mind place that you have to get to. Yeah, no, I, I would, I can't imagine. You know, I think a lot of a lot of actors, um, and we've talked about a few. You know, they have to find really dark places. Heath Ledger is one of the first ones that popped into mind. He got to such a dark place, or had to get there, and prepare for it in such a, a way that it. it sunk him mentally yeah that's a sad example it is it is but i, I hope mean, it's not that extreme you know no i don't think so i mean people no. like Charlize theron one of, have gotten one of my favorites Charlize theron played uh eileen warnos and and won an oscar and i mean she gave her all to that role i mean a lot of people right now as a matter of fact later this year i think they've either wrapped filming or they're currently filming but um uh zach efron is playing Ted oh, Bundy. Ted Bundy, yes. Yeah. I'm oh, so right. excited for and that. And they've shown some pictures of him mm-hmm. on set as Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. and he looks 
He looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Terrifying. Got the hair, got the face, the eyes. It'll be interesting to see how it plays when he actually plays. Got a girl in his basement. His <laughs> <laughs> shed. Ted he's Bundy really, he's really shed. taking this role very seriously. <laughs> it was the. It was. Didn't he have a bug? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yep. Um, I had Vulc- a bug that like, looked Shh. just like him. <laughs> just like it. Did you? Uh, same you did? pale yellow color. Uh, and my mom actually knew Ted Bundy. What? Wait, your mom knew Ted yeah, Bundy? Yeah, he was a security okay. guard. Go 80 on. episodes yeah. into this Go the on. podcast. He was a Go security on. guard at the dance building at the University of Utah. How perfect is that for a serial killer who preys on like young Gross. women? He was a security guard. And when you know word was out about him and stuff, the dancers would have him walk them to um, their car. Oh my god! Because he's the security guard. But he probably course. didn't kill anybody there They're because like, you don't show you. Because it's pretty. That's easy, your but... car. <laughs> but I thought it was cool that she knew him. And then uh, my what? first car was a yellow bug, just like his, like same color yellow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, well, but yeah, no, uh, that's crazy. We I, we've mentioned it happened, before, but, but we it's have... just creepy that he was a security guard yeah. for a dance building in a college filled with girls. And I think you were going to talk about our neighbor, right? Yeah, I was going to say, we've mentioned it before, but our neighbor, um, her daughter was one of Ted and Bundy's victims. Oh, that's so sad. Um, I think her name was Leslie Smith, but her oh, the last name is Smith. Uh-huh. So, But yeah, she just like, yeah. uh, her husband Fred was showing us his geodes that he makes in his garage, and, mm-hmm. and uh, we came that. in and, and she told us that story. Or Oh, God. And it was, it was really kind of crazy to watch her tell that story Ugh. and think back about that, you know? Mm-hmm. It was... I don't know. It's crazy to think. I mean, it's tragic when you when anybody loses a loved one. Obviously, yeah. it's super tragic when it is the victim of a crime. But when you are tied to the name and a legacy of someone that you know is notorious for being evil, like you'd never have, you never get to think of your daughter without thinking of Ted Bundy. Yeah, that's so sad. Or whoever, yeah. or or your Jeffrey Dahmer, or any, or whoever it was that killed, you know, this this horrible serial killer. Andrew Cunanan, perfect example. You know, you have all these people who, for the longest time, uh, Versace, that name was, uh, you know, uh, synonymous with, with tragedy, with murder, um, with what had happened before kind of Donatella took over the company and, and uh, almost reinvented it. Uh, but... It's it's interesting and and like we were talking about, I think it's it can be tied back to literally this kid was groomed to believe he was greater than not that he well than he was I guess I mean I don't know any other way to say it but like his father based on on accounts and and the show seemed to raise him with almost like this false sense of. Entitlement. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah entitlement. Like That's a, a perfect prince. example. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he really raised the entitlement. I don't know. And if, like you're saying, I don't know how true to um, real life this this um, uh, portrayal of him is, but it's really interesting. His parenting skills are, mm. I don't know, they're not. Well, he left his family. He was yeah. from the Philippines yeah. and he just decided, oh, bye, well, see ya, and went m- back. Modesto, his father, Modesto mm-hmm. Pete. Cunan, and he had to people call him Pete. Um, he was a, a Navy veteran. Um, he basically raised, from all accounts, Andrew, like you said, to be this prince, enrolled him in the finest schools, and taught him to be, you know, kind, and taught him etiquette, and taught him social interaction, and taught him all of this stuff. Um, all while his father was doing the, I mean, 
his father essentially did the same thing, passed himself off as something he wasn't, mm-hmm. passed himself off as a man who understood stocks and trading and all of this and ended up um, embezzling money, selling false stocks. And in, like you said, in order to not get prosecuted, he comes home, gets all his money, gets his passport and flees the country and leaves his family with nothing. So crazy. Yeah, and and the show portrays it like he had it ready, you know, kind of under the floorboards, like he already had an escape plan. An escape plan from his family. Yes, he had a bag packed, money ready, and but not for them. Like he wasn't going to. He was going to let the house, you know, be repossessed and all that kind of stuff. And I really think that it was a case of of like you're saying, he Modesto believed these lies himself, and I feel like he was vicariously passing along this got to be inherited this yeah i mean and, and a learned yeah um, like, i don't know if it's nature or well. nurture, but i, I think probably both. both yeah i think both he's got the, the crazy genes in him mm-hmm. and, you know and he's got the crazy teacher bringing out those crazy <laughs> genes but i think it was just a, a matter of him vicariously living that out through his son and even if you know modesto didn't believe that he himself was as great as he was mm-hmm. i think he was grooming his son to be great be the man that he wished he could be and then right Suddenly, that was kind of what Andrew became. Just really, I mean, he really did become the man that his father showed him he should be. Yep, uh, a, a know, liar, a liar. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's sad. Andrew showed signs of becoming this disturbed individual. And when you take an individual like this, who already seems to have these tendencies, meaning that um, as a teenager, uh, there are reports that he had developed a reputation as being a prolific liar. And telling these fantastic tales um, about his family and his personal life and who they were and what they were and what they owned. I mean, this was stuff that he eventually used um, in his in his older years to you know to meet men and work himself into these uh, higher circles. But he was developing this technique in high school, where you know, as a lot of killers are, people look back and go, "Yeah, you know, Dahmer was weird." Oh, yeah, this didn't guy he was have weird. older boyfriends in high school and like yeah. that would buy him presents and stuff? That's- that sounds like him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would mean he was learning all that mm-hmm. like, manipulation mm-hmm. and uh, profit and, and gain. He was only nineteen when his father took off. I mean, he, oh, was, really? he was just out of high school. Oh, wow. 19, his father takes off. Um, later that year um, was the year that Andrew's mother learned that he was gay. His father denied it from all accounts. He, he never, you know, he always said that he maybe didn't believe it or whatever. Um, but Andrew not only uh, showed this uh, tendency for, for lying, but he also... Um, showed a tendency for violence because at one point during an argument with his mother, he threw her against a wall, which actually fractured her shoulder blade. Oh, Jesus. Um, and then didn't she lie to the police oh, about yeah. what had happened to her, of mm-hmm. course? She fell. Him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, later examinations of his behavior um, show that he may have suffered from antisocial personality disorder, um, which is typically char- characterized by a lack of empathy, which... I mean, this, yeah. this, he definitely had a lack yeah. of empathy. Didn't they even say that he kind of illustrated those traits when he was younger, mm-hmm. a young child, lack of empathy for yeah. things? Yeah, just, I mean, I think this kid just, I mean, it's like somebody. That's how, I mean, no wonder he became the person he did. You you have a, a sociopath who's being told they're amazing. Right. That is dangerous. It's it's like if, <laughs> if, if Dexter had gotten like, 
you know. More coddled. Yeah. <laughs> More coddled. Good kill, Dexter. And a Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... I'm going to buy, him, I, I'm buy you only the finest stabbing knives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it really is. And that's the thing is that, you know, you 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 look back and, and it's only, I, I mean, you can't fault a father for wanting to give his son this amazing life and raise him to be this. Like you said, raise him almost to be the man that he wasn't. But then you set a terrible example and become, I mean, how do you know that your son's going to grow up and do this? You don't. There's a part in the show that they illustrate his dad. I, he gets Andrew is accepted into a really high profile school, and his dad wants to celebrate that, and so he buys him a really expensive car. And I think mm-hmm. he's like twelve at the time or something. Oh my like god, that. He can't even drive. I don't know if it's true. I mean, I yeah, don't know if that fact part is of true. the elaborate story, of it. right? But if it is, and if that's but what he happened, would do something like that. it does sound like it, yeah. And wasn't he like the fourth in his family anyway? Yeah, like, he what had about a the other older three siblings? Kids? Yeah, and they didn't have a car, and so like I said, I don't know how Why much are of you that spoiling is spoiling this one. But it's it's that's just not. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, I wouldn't want to give my twelve year old a really nice car. Oh no, they time. can't drive. What's the point? Yeah, it seems absurd. But I mean, this is coming from. A man who ultimately deserted his family and was lying to them the entire time. Yeah, he wasn't thinking on a I mean, he was. The re- anyway. He bought that. He bought that car with embezzled money earned falsely from ruining people's lives and selling them fake stocks. Oh man! If this happened, if that oh, happened, yeah, I guess we need to find that, that out, right? But even so, he you know he moved his family into <laughs> a nicer st- house. He, he paid their rent. Away. He bought their food. He did it all with lies yeah. and money that he wasn't his. Um, you know, Cunanan. Uh, uh, you know they kind of show in the in the show that he he kicked around for a while um kind of became not really an escort but started hanging or looking for sugar in real daddies life, yes, yeah that yeah. is very true in the real story yeah <laughs> i mean and and kind of was that the same point in his life where he kind of had become a uh drug addict or he was heavy into was it heroin or meth i don't know something but yeah well he had he had started off young getting a lot of attention i mean he was hanging out with these you know older men who were lavishing him with gifts and money or whatever but yeah coming up to the murder spree which took place in 1997 he had really gotten into partying really gotten into drugs I mean, to the point where he had like gained weight, he'd lost his, you know, his looks. He he looked like a drug addict, right? And so, some people speculate that it was because of this dip in attention, you know, because you know now people weren't finding him as attractive, finding him as as appealing, uh, that maybe that could have pushed him even further. Because now here's this kid who spent his whole life being this narcissistic uh, psychopath, and now nobody's feeding his narcissism. It seems like in the in the real story, when he's in San Diego, he's actually doing well with like being a kept man and mm-hmm. you know finding these old older men to support him, and even the drug habit and stuff isn't yeah. that bad. But then when he decides to leave San Diego, it seems like that's when his life just spirals out of control because he tells all his friends he's moving to San Francisco, but never actually goes. He really goes to Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Well, and in the in the story, they play it out as. This, in his 
so yes, he he had, and I think maybe that's exactly what they did in this story because in this he has this rich older man. I was going to ask if San Diego was the older boyfriend. That yeah, he where was he's with. like, I'm going to turn this house into the biggest yeah, party he, house and in all of. I guess that guy right had lived in another place, and and Andrew had convinced him to buy a much bigger and more Lavish expensive mansion. home, right? Yeah. Am I, is that right? Yes, I believe so. And that's well, that's how the show played it out. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't cover that. <laughs> because I, if, I think that they have to... special. I, yeah, no, they don't. I, there's a lot of holes and threads that I feel like they had to fit, I had to fit in um, or fill in. So I think, yeah. But it, within the course of the, of the FX show, you're right. They had this older boyfriend that he'd met, I think at like an opera or something. They played it in the show as he had gone to this show by himself. And caught the attention of this older man and was like, oh, I'm my father's a, you know, a this and my mother's yep. an Italian this princess of a and he does his whole thing and ends up kind of getting in with these older gay men that he pl- promises, look, I'm going to tie you into the biggest, coolest parties and scene here in the town. And they, t- you know, buy this house. It's around that time that he starts uh, or he meets the 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 guys who would ultimately be his demise, which is David Madsen and, uh, and Jeff trail. Um, both, I don't know in the, in the, in the show, they kind of played him as both kind of, um, still closeted, not really open to their yeah. families. The older Especially, one, Jeff definitely was. Yeah. And, and given the time yeah, that it was back in the nineties, the it wasn't, I mean, we're certainly not where we are today with acceptance. Right. Um, but yes, I think, and I think a lot of that also had to do with the uh, the gentleman's backgrounds. I think that um, David was from a small town, kind of a conservative place, and um, same thing with Jeff. He was uh, in the Marines or the military, Marine, yeah. the Navy, I think, the Navy, yeah. and, and and you know, I think. Well, and that the, was certainly a, a kind of an issue back then. And but, in the show, I mean, they actually play it out where it's like. They really hammer home how anti-gay the military was. Like, he comes down and they're they're beating up a dude, and he's like, "Hey, why are you beating him up?" Because like, he's he's queer, you know. And you're like, "Whoa!" Oh I mean, it, I mean, it was almost to a point where like it it was cartoonish in its portrayal of how anti-gay people were. But then, because now you you go, well, it's just so accepted, and it was yeah. But you I mean, think about when you really do then. think back to the '90s, like, and you. Remember, like, people were pulling out their sponsorship of Ellen's sitcom because she was going to tell the world she was gay and then, oh, we're yeah. not supporting a yep. gay show. Totally. And now it's like, you guys, 90% of the shows on TV are gay. Like, yeah. every show now is, like... And Snickers sponsors it. Yeah, and it doesn't... <laughs> yeah. But you you really do. You think back and there was a time, and they do touch this throughout the entire uh, series. They talk about this with not only, um, you know, David and, and, and Jeff... Um, but they also talk about this with Johnny Versace, who well, was, was not o- just openly yeah. about it. You know, yeah. open, you know, open about it at That's that point. That's why he wanted to make this series was because of the social tension with homophobia in the '90s during that time. And I mean, just to love on Versace for a while, he was such a groundbreaking artist mm-hmm. and. I just love artists that are fearless, and I mm. hate that this is how he died. Yeah. Because he even came out and said that he thought America was safer than Italy, where he was from. And it's just like, and then he gets murdered on his own porch, you yeah. know? It's like, 
America just has this horrible like reputation. If somebody gives it a compliment, it's like, hold my beer. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to just totally blow that out of the water. But he really loved it here and he loved it everywhere. And he was so loved all across the world. And he was so important for his time because the 80s was when the AIDS scare was like giant. Mm-hmm. So homophobia, I mean, it already wasn't doing that well. People <laughs> were very judgy already, but that just blew up like crazy. And not just homophobia, people were afraid of sex too. Yeah. And Versace helped like bring sexy back. And he was open. And he was in a monogamous relationship, you know? So people knew he was a homosexual. People started to accept it a little bit more. Like, he was just such an important figure for the 90s. And then he just gets murdered by this nobody who's just on a killing spree and outrunning the police around every corner. And I I hate to say it, and I think a lot of people agree with it, though. It feels like the victims, they pinned him so much as being gay there wasn't enough put into tracking yes. these murders. Yeah. Exactly. And it's well, they, disgusting. they do play that. Yes. It's well, totally disgusting. We've talked about that before. There's the story of the man who ran away from Jeffrey Dahmer, yep. naked and covered mm-hmm. in blood, mm-hmm. got chased down the street. Yep. And they by, took him back. And they said, you two go back and just work this out. Well, I think oh, because Dahmer caught up to them, right? Yeah. And was like, yep. oh, it's no big deal. It's just, a lover's quarrel. Yeah. Like, we're just... This guy, and then he murdered him. Yeah. <sighs> because Because, you know... We always, and we've talked about this before, you know, what if historical crimes um, were unsolved because people didn't look at women or children mm-hmm. and that, that we now know are capable of crimes? Right. Yeah. Uh, un, you know, just like Jack the Ripper. They might have think it was Jill the, Jill ri- the Ripper. Jill the Ripper. Right. <laughs> right. Nobody thinks that children can kill or that. But then, I mean, there's there's stories. Burke Ramsey, I know you did it. What about that? There's that <laughs> infamous picture where the kids holding the little kid's hand leading him out of the mall. Oh, that, I, I don't, it's a, actually, it's a surveillance video. Yeah, And yeah. I don't, I hate that one. And it's like these two eight-year-old kids just kidnapped, walked a three-year-old or four-year-old kid out of a mall and they, oh my God. The, they both went off and killed. For, I mean, they Jesus. were young. They're eight years old or nine or whatever the fuck they were. And it's, you know, you don't think about that. And and when it came to the gay community, you're right. In the 80s, the end of the 90s, you didn't, you know, it was it was still stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still so, you know, over the top with 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 the way that people thought of it. And and the AIDS scare. You talk about that. I remember being growing up in the 80s. Every sitcom did an AIDS episode. Oh, yeah. Like where, a very special Where, episode. like, the kid would come home like... Can I use the toilet at school now? Oh Can I God. get it from a swimming pool? Like there was it was crazy what people thought. Yeah. Um and yeah, going into this you know tr- trying to find Cunanan, which should have been fucking easy because he was Oh my god, he left clues everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I mean, it was just so dumb, but people <gasps> didn't think about it because you're right. They it was just this well, they, you know. I think that it was also a uh a matter of subhuman rights at that time where yes. it was like they didn't deserve justice because, oh, it's, just, you know, and I feel bad saying this, but they they might have thought, oh, it's just a gay dude. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, that that no, it's totally true. I mean, we're going through it now even oh, yeah. with different races. Absolutely. Like, it's always it's existed. Just, it's always existed. It's like I these mean, crimes happen. It's like, well, who was the victim? Okay, now we know how to handle it. Yeah. Like, was no, it, was it's it, still oh, a victim. It's just another hooker. Yeah, just another like, homeless no, drug. No, yeah, look, yeah, they're 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 still human beings. 
And I think that's that's kind of what this show did was that fictional or not, the accounts and the way that they played these guys showed that they were or at least what might have gone on um, in their lives, not being accepted by their parents, not being accepted by the military. And when they meet Andrew, here's this ball of openly gay energy, right? Now, again, I've seen pictures of Andrew Cunanan, the the mug shots, Mm -hmm. the, the, the shots, the pictures of him that I've seen. And it's it it is weird to me to to look at that face, his actual face, and imagine him as the way Darren Chris played him. He doesn't seem flamboyant and open, you know. Yeah. He, he just his his the way he would sit, carry himself in any of the pictures I've seen don't play that way. So I I can only imagine just based on on people being around him that that's how he was, but. You know, he comes in and he's just this confident person. Fake confidence. Yeah, false I was gonna confidence. Say, if you're yeah. a liar, you gotta be confident. Right. So yeah. that's just so I mean part of it. People who have awesome stories to tell, they're either they're either humble and they don't tell them, or they're douchebags and they you know, and they're just constant. So for him, he was this guy who who had the he, he practiced all the lines. He knew the stories. He told them ten ten hundred you know, for ten years, hundreds of times. Um, so he just knew what to say to impress these guys who were less confident about who they were at that time in their life mm-hmm. than him. There was an interesting comment that that was in the show as well, and that's kind of all I'm going off of right now. But in like a scene where they're at a party, it maybe like in high school, it shows that he's there and he kind of hits it off with this girl, you know, and not like um, in a sexual way. It's more like. Oh my gosh, girlfriend, like that kind of way, yeah, you know. Cute. And and they kind of show that that connection. And she there's there's also a scene where you know, Andrew says something like, "Well, you know, I'm gay." And she says, "Andrew, I don't really think you're gay. I think you're just whatever you need to be at the moment." And I think there's like a little bit of manipulator, yeah. Yeah, I think there's totally a little true. bit of truth to mm-hmm. that. Even maybe more than a little bit in the sense that if you watch Andrew's pattern, it's it's very much going after successful men who mm-hmm. truly are the things that Andrew mm-hmm. wishes he could be. They are truly mm-hmm. successful. They do have things to back it up. And I think a lot of it came from him targeting those men who had the things he wanted and he knew he couldn't achieve. And so it was like, you know, if I can't have it, you can't have it either. Yeah, he and picked his victims. Absolutely. And and very much from um, the, the place within him that was... Uh, Bothering him, I guess you could say, you know, yeah, or lacking. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like the the one older man that was really really good to him, and then the the boyfriend who I think actually did really love him. Those are the two that moved to Minneapolis, and that's why he went after them there. Oh, really? Yeah, in San Diego. Oh. I mean, I don't know why they both moved to Minneapolis. I don't think there was any kind of connection between mm. those guys, mm-hmm. but they just. Are you talking about between Jeff, Jeff, Tra- and Jeff yeah, and David Damon. Manson? Mm-hmm. Well, in the show, they played it as they all knew each other. As a matter of fact, there's a scene in the show, and, and again, I don't know how much of this really happens because you're like, what? They got all the Avengers together for one scene. <laughs> but there's a show where he's th- throwing this lavish party at his mm-hmm. big party mansion, and he's inviting his new boyfriend. Um, and then, so like, Jeff is there, and then David's there, and then 
Lee Miglin, his other victim, shows up and goes, Andrew, do you remember me? Lee Miglin. It's like, oh whoa, all the, everybody in the same place? Yeah. Where's, Je- where's Versace? Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's it's kind of, they, they play it that they knew each other. They play that David Madsen and Jeff Trail knew each other. Okay. Um, and that, they actually imply that there was something between them. In the mm-hmm. show, whether or not yes. that was real. Which I could see it, it could be. as it could the motivation happened, yeah. for what follows, and especially if that's the way that it was. But it kind of plays it that, <clears throat> excuse me, that Jeff does, okay, that Andrew met Jeff in like a gay bar or something like that and could tell that it was like his first time or that he was out of place and that he kind of befriends him. And... Then he kind of meets David and kind of does the same thing. And I think he really wanted something between him and David. And David Mm -hmm. wasn't feeling it. Because in the show, it kind of it shows David, who again was from a small town and had that kind of lifestyle. I think he really saw through a lot of Andrew's bullshit. And he would ask him, you know, be real with me. Yeah. Tell me something real, you know. And I, he just wasn't going for it. And so then Jeff and David meet and they kind of insinuate that maybe something was going on there. And Andrew was probably extremely jealous oh, because yeah. he wanted David. Love triangle. And that's, you can't reject a narcissist, yeah. you know, no, uh, especially you not a psychopathic narcissist. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. There's, there's some interesting stuff. And I guess Jeff really didn't like him and had a problem with him. And they kind of insinuate that it was because Andrew had intentionally outed him through a postcard that he sent to his parents. Oh. And they insinuate that Andrew did what it on purpose twist. to get back at him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that would have, that would make Jeff pretty angry. I can oh, understand yeah. that. Oh, you yeah. know? So he was already showing those signs of crazy manipulation and, and a crazy girlfriend. <laughs> so. <laughs> so let's talk about the murder spree. We'll go victim okay. by victim and we'll flesh out kind of each character as we go. Um, the murder spree took place in, it was about a three month period during mid 1997. Um, it actually put him on the, uh, the FBI's 10 most wanted list during this. Um, but it was a little too late. It was a little too late to catch him. Um, so his, uh, his first victim was Jeff Trail. Now, the way that this happened was he actually killed Jeff Trell in David Madsen's apartment um, on the show. And, and by accounts, uh, he had come to town and he had stayed. He, you know, he's like, hey, guys, we're going to have this big thing. But he could tell in the show anyway, they play it is like he could tell something was up, something was off. They didn't like him. They didn't want him there. Um, he was there for... I remember you said something. I don't know if this will trigger. You, like, it almost seemed like he, because he only bought a one-way ticket. It was almost yeah. like he's going to go there, and this is either going to be the start of a new life, and this guy's going to propose to him, or he's going to fucking kill him. Like, it was, it was, it All seemed like nothing. he was, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, the, the tension there, I believe, was because Jeff said, and I think this was through family accounts, that Jeff did not like him, and he did not want to ever see him again. I really think that had to do with the postcard and, and what he had done, and that was just it as far as the means of that relationship. And so, yeah, Jeff didn't want to have anything to do with him. He didn't really want to hang out with him. I don't think he was that thrilled that he came into town to see David. Right. Um, but, yeah, he, he, by all accounts, has David go down and, and get Jeff 
and bring him up to the apartment. Well, so. and the night before that, if I'm not mistaken, when he came to town, Jeff told him, you can stay at my apartment. I'm, And he went and stayed with his sister because he didn't want to be around Andrew. Yep. And Andrew, didn't he take Jeff's gun? Yes. So he did go stay at Jeff's apartment. Right. So he took is, Jeff's gun yeah. from Jeff's apartment. And then that, I thought, was what got him over to David's that night because he called him and said, I have your gun. Well... Yeah, he said, I took your gun or something like that. Or he calls David. I, I don't remember if it goes that way and, and says, you know, he took something from me. And he's like, what? And he's like, my gun. Yeah. I don't remember which way. But yes, he does take his gun. Something and- happens there. And yeah, they're staying. Then he goes over the next day and he goes to David's house. Yeah. And uh, by all accounts, you're right. He sends David down to get Jeff, right? And I think before that, before because before that had even happened, in anyways, in the show, when David goes down to get Jeff, you know, kind of shows them walking up together and having a conversation. And in that exchange, David tells Jeff he proposed to me. So I'm pretty sure Andrew had asked David to marry him. And he, and so there was so much tension because it's, (laughs) that's a lot of tension. And that is in the show. Yes. Because that didn't come out at all in the real game. Right. I I don't know how much of that is. That's a great twist. Well, it's interesting because you kind of go, look, we know, that he went from here to here, and we know that this motivation is what got him from here to here. So you kind of have to go, well, I mean, this would make sense, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 mm-hmm. the way that they play it, a lot of it does. So they get back up. Uh, David brings Jeff into the apartment. Now there in are the some story. There's no David bringing Jeff in. It really? happens without David like knowing about it. Like David's mm. gone, and then. Um, Andrew calls Jeff trying to get him to come over. Hmm. But that's it, just the story. So is so, David in the know. apartment? He is in the apartment. He lives he there. Killed. I mean, no, right, he's not I mean, in the apartment. He's walking his dog, according to like his friends. That's the time he walks hmm. his dog before the 10 o'clock news every night. This is just well in the, the In the show, <laughs> David brought Jeff up to the apartment. Okay. And now... In the show, it was like he brings him in and he was waiting to ambush him. Yeah. However, there are accounts from neighbors who said they heard an argument. Mm-hmm. They and heard he like, voices out, yelling. They heard somebody yell, get out. And Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And they heard shouting. So I believe that there was actually a, what the, probably a, what the fuck yeah. are you doing here? Yeah. I didn't like, right. you know, you know what? Nobody likes you anyway, you fucking <laughs> psycho. And he, or that's a cover while you kill someone. Right. Right. But, uh, right. Right. Right though, like he's he's killing you. him. You get out! No, I, I know how to build. Get a your story. hands off me! <laughs> yeah, just swinging away. But he killed him with a hammer. He hammered him straight to death, right to the twenty-seven face. times. Oh, that, that is, and then rolled him in a rug. Rage. That is that is. V- oh, that's right. why. Because that in is, the real story, they say because he rolled him up in a rug after he killed him. Yes, and then David came back to the apartment, and they think David didn't know because he hid the rug like behind the couch or something. Yeah, and they got I, David to go somewhere else, and that's when they took off for good. Right. It's it's strange because they there's like the lady that works at David's. I think he's works in an architectural firm or something like yes. that. And the I I do believe this is real that she goes looking for him at David's apartment because. She says that David would never miss work. He He's never done that without calling mm-hmm. or something like that. And so she's looking for him. When the police show up, they find um, Jeff in the carpet. But because they, they think don't. It's David. Yes. Yeah, that's totally David. true. That happened. So, And then when they initially, too, and this was the other way it played out, and, and whether or not this played this way in real life, but on the show, 
once they discover it's not, they think that David mm-hmm. was the was the killer. killed him. Yeah. yeah, they didn't even really know about Andrew mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, here's this guy that that is because he's a, he was a fucking nobody. Yeah, nobody yeah. knew him. He was this guy, and 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 they and in the show they the friend who is the one that's there when they find the body in the apartment when David's still missing and it's Jeff's body. Um, they said, well, who's this friend? And she says something on the show like, yeah, he struck me as weird. He said his mom was like some Jewish princess and like, oh my you know, how he had been <laughs> prattling on, I'm sure, yeah. of of who, you know, trying but to yeah, That was the lady, is, right? That yeah, that's the firm. true. Yeah. Right. She's like, oh, well, there was this guy coming to stay with him named yeah. Andrew. So. Yeah. And that's kind of what sparks him. So... Um, it's interesting because in the show it, it illustrates, you know, they, they have David in the apartment, um, while Jeff is killed and they, they have the whole thing where Andrew has David help him move Jeff's body or get it into the rug. So, right. yeah. so it goes, it goes a different way. Which it could have happened like that. And, and they know? play I mean, it we like, don't know what and they play happened. it like him saying, look, it's in your apartment. They're, they're not going to believe you. They're not going to believe that Again, you didn't have something to do with it. Master manipulator, which right. seems, and it is in keeping with the character that they portray him to be. This, like you said, this manipulator. Because if he's there and he goes, "Hey, okay, help me move this. Okay, you just help me move a body. So now you're going to think they're not going to believe you. Of course, they're not going to think you had something to do with it. If I go down, you go down. So he, they yep. played it like they put, he put the fear into David Madsen, and they did show him um, in the show attempting to call the police. You know, Andrew kind of convinces him and talks him down. Same thing, you know, they're never going to believe you. You're going to be part of this. And, but it does show the call connecting. So, I mean, that would be something they could probably prove yeah, or that disprove. Was never like, if it, about... yeah, if there was a call that came in, they could probably and track. And I think like, they would have talked about mm-hmm, that for sure. Yeah. They talked about the other nine yeah. calls. Yeah. That's and, good storytelling, then, though. Well, Ryan is, Murphy is a genius. I, I, I think you should go back stuff. and watch it, Melissa. <laughs> I, I, it's I, a good I series. Will. It's And now that it's done. Yeah, you don't have to wait week Because yeah. we, we would fucking wait, and I go, God damn it. I didn't want to like <laughs> this show. Episode. And now, just come on. He's good. He's a good storyteller. I love it. It is. It's good stuff. All right. So, so then now, Dave, after so the murder, David and Andrew are on the run. But but before they went <laughs> on the run, and this is actually public, public accounts. Uh huh. There are people who saw them together mm-hmm. walking his yes. dog. And yeah. David was crying when yes. they saw him. Right. So, yeah. so this... obviously something bad is going on. Yeah. Well, he, they, at that point, after they seen Jeff was dead. I mean, mm-hmm. in the timeline, mm-hmm. Jeff had been dead. So this guy somehow, whatever, ha- had... He does know. David he knows. Had yeah, David's, I think that's when he and, told And Cunanan had David so shook that he was out publicly. And that's another he thing about He also saw Cun- Jeff's gun. Right, and that's another thing about Cunanan, though. Gun the whole time. That he's, drives me crazy. Even after he killed Versace, this dude was walking around. He was driving around. <sighs> he was he was ballsy. So he he just killed a man with a hammer. This would have been his first murder, and now he's got the guy who and just oh, let's go that's off the dog. Psychopath mind. They they know they did the right thing so much. They just don't even think about it. Right. They just know what they did was right. It's so weird. Well, it is weird. He goes on the run, and a lot of this is speculation because yeah, nobody really knows what happened. They ended up um, uh, by a lake, a place called Rush Lake, which is near. Do um, they show this part in the show mm-hmm. where he kills David? Yes. Oh, this part it's made so me sad. sad. It's really sad. Well, they play it. You know, it would very, make me really sad. Very personal. I thought to David David's was story. the nice one. He was. In the story, I was like, no. 
It's hard. All the victims. Yeah, I was going to say, it's hard watching a show where you know the ending, so you know. sad, yeah. You know what's going to happen to all of them. It's it's tragic. Uh, so they find the body by the river. Mm-hmm. And then. Well, and it looked like he'd been. He, well, he oh, because they were looking for his car, right? Right. He'd been shot uh, in the back and the head. So it appeared that perhaps he had been running away uh, or, you know, whatever, had been shot in the back and then had been shot down on the ground. Uh, almost execution style, like, here's the last shot. So, uh, I mean, (laughs) nobody really knows what happened between those two in the time. There are people who still speculate that David was in on it because, you know, there's no other way to say he wasn't other than everything leading up to that doesn't seem like he did. Yeah. Um, It's so weird. They didn't really get anything from that murder, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It was all, well, when you look back, it was the only person who benefited from any of these killings was Andrew. Yeah. In Andrew's mind, in Andrew's story. Exactly. Because, like, I mean, people kill all the time for, like, insurance or money Mm -hmm. or robbing. I mean, he kind of did with the architecture guy. We haven't got to yet, but. Um, Sorry, an alarm just went off. One of, one of the uh, oh one of the one of the large gray aliens got out. <laughs> Get back to your cage, Zito. Yeah. Oh. Wait, what's his name? Zito. Oh, he's from the kids' book I I'm, brought. I'm go oh out. my gosh, that's right. I'm gonna go out and get. I forgot he had get a shot name. by a laser. Come back with a with just a couple We're fingers. We're on lockdown now. Schneider. I'm gonna oh, go yeah. get Schneider. <laughs> Schneider. Oh no. Um. Yeah, he and that that is the next uh that is the next step. So he leaves Minnesota, which is where these In uh David's Jeep still, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm trying to remember cuz the car was what bothered me cuz I'm like, why can't they find him cuz of these cars? Right. Well, and and I feel like at this point um in the story, if I'm Andrew, I've just committed two murders. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing. Of men who loved you. Right. Jerk. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. No money. This car is going to be looked for. So I think at this point he was like, who do I know that I can get to that can maybe I can get something from and get, I don't know, flee, no, run, think, whatever. Right. Totally. And, and that's what led him to um, a man named Lee Miglin, uh, who some people speculate might have been... Um, a John. A, yeah, right? Is it? During during Andrew's prostitution days. Yeah, Lee Miglin. Um, he was big with architecture in Chicago. Yes. Bi- I mean, I mean, this guy a was giant. A, a big wig. He had yeah. a, a wife. Um, what was her name? Marilyn, I believe. Marilyn Miglin. Mm-hmm, I think and so. And she was like a QVC royalty. Like, like a perfume lady. Perfume yeah. lady. Built she an empire. Um, she did like the the pheromone perfume or something. It was like a a specialty one. Mm. But I she, know. I mean, she did well on her own. She was she. Both of yeah, these people couple. were very successful. Big power couple. And long after Lee's death, I mean, she never believed he was involved with Andrew Cunan, and she never could come to terms with the idea of her husband being gay um, or having these affairs or what have you. Um, and. It's it's interesting how they played in the show. Judith Light uh, from Who's really? the Boss plays really? Marilyn Miglin. Oh, I gotta watch this. Yeah, <laughs> she's um, in all the Lifetime movies. <laughs> she's she's great. She uh, yeah, and so you know, there's a lot that's um, that's kind of played uh, 
very interestingly because I mean, again, we don't know how the scene with yeah how with, it actually went. Down. All they have is the police photos. All they know is what happened to Lee. Um, all they know is is I don't know what was left behind. As with any of these murders, right? So I don't know. I think that this is the point in the story where Andrew Cunanan had a decision to make. He was either going to stop and I'm done with the personal vendetta, the love triangle's done, or he was going to continue on and keep going until he killed everything that meant something or stood for something in his life. I just don't see the killing. Like, why does he have to kill? I don't get it. I mean, I think when when we're breaching the conversation about Lee Miglin, I, I think it's a matter of survival at this point. Like you said, he needs money and he needs clothing. He needs and, and a new car. He switches, you know, he trades out David's Jeep for Lee Miglin's vehicle. And I, I think it was a matter of survival. And, and he saw what he wanted and, he, and Lee was in his way and took it. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take just a quick break here and then we are going to come back we're going to tell you what happened to lee as well as andrew's other victims and then talk about the murder that made all of this uh newsworthy so we'll be right back the truth is we don't we know what happened at point a and point b we don't know what was said in those rooms what was said in the car we and we'll never know and uh i think what we're trying to convey in our show is less an expose of what really happened because we could never deign to say that we know the truth. We'll never know. But what we can do is tell the narrative arc of what had to have happened emotionally, psychologically for point A and point B to be connected. And that's what interests me. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never know. And I think the Versaces are more concerned with the way their, um, their family's being portrayed. And I think we portray them with a, with a great deal of respect and love. All right, welcome back. So when we left off, Andrew Cunanan had made his way to Chicago, as you had pointed out, for necessity, really. I would think. He needed some things. He needed some supplies. He needed a new car. Um, Do you believe that he went to Chicago knowing or premeditating that he was going to kill Lee Miglin? Or was he just going to take what he could? Do you think at this point, I'm a killer... I'm going to take what I can and leave nobody, leave no witnesses, like you say? I still think, I mean, I think he was doing it for survival, but I think he was looking for sugar daddy, like, permanent. Mm-hmm. I think he was looking for, like, give me somewhere to live, give me somewhere to hide out, you know. Shelter. Like, I totally think he was like, I'm going to be with you, or I'm going to tell your wife about us, or something. Ooh. Like, I think there was a reason for him to go there not to kill him, but to try and get, like... Manipulation, for sure. Yeah, just to yeah. try and build a life. Because he had nothing, and he was on the run from the cops, and it was Chicago, mm-hmm. whole new city, which we know the cops couldn't track him anyway. <laughs> yeah. But if he says no, then, hey, look, if I have no problem. If he says no, I'll kill him. I think that was the, the mentality. Like, I think he's going to give me what I deserve, and if he won't, I'm going to kill him. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he could have even told Lee about the murders. He could have mm-hmm. even confessed, you mm-hmm. know, like... In an attempt of, of self-preservation, like, oh, if I tell you about it, you know, and you house me here, you help me, like, you know about it now. What are you going to do? And he could have said, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, yeah, get out. I'll, I will say the only thing that kind of steers my my 
thoughts of how things went down is the manner in which Lee Miglin was found. It doesn't so much seem... Um, Struggly? Yeah. It, right. it seems like he was fine with how things how the visit was going i guess you could say let's clarify so, how lee miglin was yeah found. now this yeah. is now oh, I, this God. is this is sad because Awful. lee miglin was a 72 year old man he was not a young dude he was an older man for sure he was found uh with duct tape um wrapped around his hands and feet and wrapped around his head uh almost, like entirely yes. like a mummy um Kind of like if you're doing a plaster cast and you leave the nose so they can breathe. Um, this is kind of how he was found. Some people believe, like you're saying, insinuating, inferring, that it may have been some sort of S&M bondage yes. thing. Ow. Right. Don't wrap fucking oh, duct tape God. around my hair. Does your eyebrows. Hair. I mean, like, yeah. But once he was wrapped in uh, duct tape and, and was unable to move, uh, I don't want to read this, but he was he was stabbed over twenty times Jesus. with a screwdriver, uh-huh. and then ha- you can now say he was, was tortured. He was found in we his in his garage. Yeah, and, and then, so I think it seems like Andrew was using whatever was available right. in, in the room. Oh. I think Andrew was was perhaps trying to dismember the body and realized it was going to be hard because uh, his Lee's neck had been sawed open with a hacksaw. So God. I wonder if I he was trying that. to remove the head and then realized, fuck this, I'll just leave him. So it was Yikes. a horrible scene. Um, I can only imagine. Um, in the show, they don't show either one of these things. In the show, he, um, I can't remember what he does first. I think they just show him like stabbing him, but I th- I know that like he uses a cement bag. Yeah, he drops a cement bag like, on his crush chest. crush his chest. I mean, it's, that's horrifying in and of itself, but... I didn't know he had tried to um, saw his head off, which, I mean, like you're saying, if it's dismemberment, that would make sense. Because otherwise, why would he do that? Everything, why would he? Well, I was going to say, everything he did was so excessive. Also, and starting with the head? Man, that's a... I mean, he just sta- he, I mean, he stabs this guy 20 plus times. He stabs uh, Jeff Trail. How many did you 27. say? 27. 27 oh times. With a hammer, he beats him. I mean, let's be fair. You know, he had problems. Ten, five <laughs> yeah. times is the job's done. Ten times you're angry. Twenty-seven oh, times, Jesus. that's you're that's Andrew. a place. Yeah. That's a different yeah. place. So this guy definitely went over the top. But yeah, I I can only assume that maybe he was going to dismember the body and and realize this is not fucking easy to saw through. Yeah, a I wouldn't body. start with the head. I mean, well, I'd like test the toe or something. Well, but you see, like, how am I dismembering? But you're probably <laughs> I mean, like, look when you're dismembering a body, you'd probably now let's look. You're not going to start at a leg, so if you're going to dem- dem- dismember a body into six pieces, right? Yeah. As you oh would through a through a killer, a torso, two arms, two legs, and a head, right? That's how most dismembered bodies are found by cops. Ugh. Um, so <laughs> you you probably wouldn't start with an arm because that's awkward, and you probably wouldn't start with the leg because that's thick. I would assume you would start with the head. And then it's not. <laughs> but we know. Uh, of all of the We all know that Andrew is afraid of hard work anyway. And he's not going <laughs> to yeah. finish it. Because otherwise he would actually get a job and build a life for himself. Yeah, instead so of like, lying. this. <laughs> yes. It, this is hard. <laughs> he's a quitter is what you're saying. I need saying. a gun. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
knives are too much work. Well, and he, and he does have a gun. That's the crazy thing is he still well, has Jeff's gun. I think this Jeff's is vendetta. Gun. That's why I think he was going to Lee to like keep him because he really wanted to be like a kept man. And so I think it was just passion and anger that he was getting rejected because Lee wouldn't take care of him. And that's why Lee got the the worst of it. Out after, of all his victims, Lee got the worst of it. After David said no, Kanan was like, hey, Lee, you up? <laughs> What's up? What's up, man? <laughs> 3 a.m. text, just got home. What's up? <laughs> that's exactly what happened, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, wait, there wasn't text messaging. No. It was the 90s. Yeah, but but honestly, though, he he then takes Lee's car. And the Lexus. Heads out. Now, from from all accounts, and in the, in the show they play it this way, is that he's in Lee's car when he hears a radio telling <laughs> him that police are tracking yes. him because of the phone in the car. That's yeah. accurate. Yeah. That is, is, that real? That's that real is shit? actually accurate because yeah. he took Lee's black Lexus that had a cell phone in it mm-hmm. and they could track it. Because of the cell phone. And this is back in the 90s, so it wasn't like as advanced as like ping right. towers and stuff now. But he heard that on the radio. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't come out and say it, but I'm sure he did because the media was putting it out there right. that we're tracking him through the cell phone in the car. So he breaks the cell phone. He does a bunch of other damage to the car, but he doesn't realize the cell phone connection is in the trunk, which he doesn't go uh. into it. But anyway, still, they didn't catch him, even though he didn't realize that. So he just drives to... Wherever he can, because he knows he's got to get a new car. And that leads him to New Jersey. I don't even know why he's driving there. Pennsville, New Jersey, of all places. Pennsville, New Jersey. Yeah. This victim makes me really sad. Oh, it's just so senseless. They they all are. Oh, they're all awful. He, um, the, the, the fourth murder. Now, all of the murders in his, in his story play into Andrew's narrative. This one plays into his narrative of being completely selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And survival while, again. Mm-hmm. While not having anything to do with anything else. And it's like you're saying, it sucks. He found, um, I don't know how he ended up at a place called Finn's Point National Cemetery. But he did, and he found the caretaker who lived there in his home. Um, he had a truck, and I guess he like you said, needed another car, but of all the places, of all the people. And the accounts of this say that this man was home. Um, Reading a Bible, I believe. Or listening to Christian music. Yeah. And, and, What's, I mean, it's, it's one or the other, either way. He was also he, feeding he was a, a really baby cat. And, and a, he was a really good dude. Him and his wife, like, adopted a baby. Right. And, like, I mean, for, was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. Aww. And he was 12. At, that was their son. He was 12 at the time this happened. Aww. So sad. Well, he... He pulls up and and um, he could have just taken this guy's car and left, but I think at this point he realizes that that's going to mean somebody's going to tell and somebody's going to track him, and so he killed this guy. He shot him for for no reason other than self preservation. So awful, William Reese wasn't that his name? Or was it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was William yeah. Reese, um, and it was sad. And that, I mean, there's there's nothing more to that other than this guy was in the wrong place mm-hmm. at the wrong time when the wrong guy came by. So, um, now the manhunt at this point, because they, they figured out this murder, they were tracking him or what have you, they found the murder, uh, or they found William Reese, and the, the manhunt started focusing on finding Reese's truck. 
Yeah, because the black Lexus was left behind. Right. So they knew it was him. So they took off in the red truck. In the red truck, right. But then Um, he switched license plates in South Carolina. Yep. Totally threw the cops off. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? It's it's a red fucking truck. I don't know. Um, He gets down to Florida, parks the car, and then ends up basically, for all intents and purposes, hiding in plain sight. Yep, exactly. Which was very smart of him to do. He spent two months... um, between between the Reese murder and the Versace murder, two months walking around Miami Beach in plain fucking sight. Mm. I think a lot of uh, the reason for this, from what I was watching, is they were looking for him in New York. Oh. And they thought he was targeting homosexuals and stuff, so they were putting up yeah. flyers and stuff. And yeah. look, but they since he took the car in New Jersey, they were looking like, you know... East. North, yeah, yeah East they Coast, were not Northeast. thinking he was going to Miami Beach, right? Which he did. He ends up in Miami Beach, um, and and so brash that he even used his own name to pawn stolen coins from, from Lee, Lee. Miglin. Yep. Yeah, he wrote his name and address. Said, "I'm Andrew Cunan, and here's where I'm staying. Here, I'm trading in the coins of the guy that I just murdered." Yep. He yeah. he wrote where he was staying, which was like this dumpy motel. In Miami Beach. And the thing that bothers me about that is the pawn shop had to report it. Yep. And so they gave it to the local police, and it was sitting on their desk, and nobody looked at it. And that was five days Man. before Versace was murdered. They, they could have found him. Yeah, and they even- The clue the- was on the cop's no, it's desk. It's not even the clue. It's the fucking, here's here's where I am. Yeah. Here's He's my in Miami fucking Beach. Kunanan, isn't this, this the crappy guy? Motel. Fuck. Yeah, they even illustrate something uh, within the show about w- within the pol- the uh, police office and is that the right word? Police station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, that they had a whole bunch of wanted flyers of his face, and they they kind of insinuate that they didn't get those flyers up and plaster it all yeah. over down there. They didn't because they thought he was somewhere else, right? You know, and like it's kind of. One of those things of, like, the power we have now of, like, the internet and everything. You know, I feel like we're yes. so much more connected. I mean, that was back in the 90s, which technology wasn't that bad, but right. still, it's nowhere near Social what media it was, was nothing like he it is. He was and... one of the first um, criminals on the FBI most wanted list that was put on the internet, though, at mm. the time. He was one of the first mm. ones. And he was put on America's Most Wanted, the TV show, mm-hmm. and somebody recognized him. Oh really? Miami. And they, really? They, well, they they showed in the show that he was driving around and he was trying to avoid police checkpoints mm-hmm. in a in a stolen car and stopped and and a man had been like, hey, "What are you doing?" You know? Yeah, in a sub like a sub shop or something. He came yeah. in and he called the cops and they're like, "Take your time with this order <laughs> to try and like stall yeah. so they could get there." I think the guy though that was that was after the Versace yeah, murder. Yeah, oh, that's right, that's right. And, you're you know, right. he says, I, I, he kind of shows him a map and is like, hey, can you show me another way? And he's like, no, there's no back roads out of here. There's police checkpoints all over the island. They're looking for the guy who killed that's Versace. That's right. So. That's right. And, well, and so, and that's what he did was that he, he, he not only hid in plain sight, but he murdered in plain sight. Of all of the murders, right, everything else was secretive, it was behind doors, it was him, whatever. I mean, obviously, as most murders are. And then he's... I guess walking around. I don't know if he was targeting. If he, if he had, uh, they kind of imply that he may have been watching Versace, learning. I'm sure, he was. Because they they talk mm-hmm. about Johnny Versace, um, 
who, like you said, was an absolute genius and an absolute ray of light, they called him the mayor of South Beach because he would get up every morning and just walk around and say hi to people and shake hands and get his coffee and get his paper. And he just loved the city and loved the town and loved all the places and would, you know, he was not secretive about where he lived or what he did or his daily routine. So there is is ideas and insinuations that Andrew um, had followed him and had studied him. Um, but And more than just then, I mean, more like all of his life, it kind of showed that he had an interest in Versace throughout. Yeah, when he lived in San Diego, he claims to have met him. They insinuate that, that he meets him at a club and then ends Mm -hmm. up talking to him at an opera or something. Yeah. Um, And like you said, here's the man who represents the pinnacle of what he thinks he can be, right? right? And Versace's walking back from getting his morning paper. Walks up to his gate and Andrew Cunanan uh, pulls out a gun and in broad daylight, right in the morning sun, walks up behind Johnny Versace, shoots him once in the side of the face and then another time in the head um, and then runs away. People saw this murder. People were like, no, somebody just walked up and shot Versace in the and face. And then just calmly walked away quickly. Yeah, he just kind of, yeah. he didn't didn't sprint. You're right. Yeah, he just kind of scurried. And some people actually tried to pursue him. Mm-hmm. Um, they ran after there him. Were and um, In the show, they show that a guy almost caught up with him and then Cunanan pulls the gun on him. But I think people were just not able to catch him. He gets in the truck and he gets away. Um, and Reese's stolen truck was found soon after, as well as Cunanan's clothes, an alternate passport, and newspaper clippings of Cunanan's murders were found um, in a parking garage. Um, so he had been following himself. Yeah. Yep. Even up to As then. he would. As he would. Yeah, narcissist. Of course he did. At that point, he really doesn't have many alternatives. And this is where most people pick up. See, a lot of people don't understand all all of the stuff that went on. Most of this story... Holy crappy detective work. Mm-hmm. All of the story revolves around the man who shot Versace. And that's interesting because they call it the murder of Johnny Versace. But really, that was the culmination of the life of Andrew Cunanan and, and everything that he he tried to erase and tried to make himself into. And it's funny because once he kills Versace, the story kind of ends. He kills Versace and spends um, eight days uh, hiding yeah. um, from police. Uh, not, not necessarily. I mean, like we said, he was out driving mm-hmm. around. He People was doing spot- stuff. Yeah. People had spotted him. Um but he eventually found uh, a houseboat or a, a beach house or something that was. It's like a it's like a real house that floats. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's also a connected. Boat. I don't know, but like it <laughs> doesn't leave the dock though. <laughs> no, like it's it's attached yeah, to the land. I don't know how. To, like it doesn't t- it doesn't you know go abroad. I don't know what the word is. What do, what <laughs> about, what about they call they it? call it a houseboat? <laughs> yeah, but he he. It's a floating house that's attached to the land. That I, right. It's weird. He, he ended, up, with an anchor. He ended yeah. up breaking into this place and living there. Um, in the show, they show how he went from um, the first couple of days living in this house and eating the food to by day eight, like eating dog starving food and death. starving and, and just. Good. Is that part true where murderer. he just ate dog food? Does anybody know if that's real? Did they find I don't know cans if he dog ate food? dog food or not. But I mean, they talk about how there was no food left in the house. So they think he was just hiding out and like eating everything. Yeah. Good. They may have found a couple things of dog food that I were empty because, quite true. frankly, I mean, they came back to that a couple times. Seems like an interesting thing to hit, you know, if they hadn't yeah. found it. But, I mean, they show how far he fell. Here's this guy who 
literally, if he would have just straightened up and flown right, he was a smart enough guy that he might have done well for himself. But because he decided to lie about his life the entire time, he ends up eating dog food while hiding from the police. Um, I mean, literally as low as you can get. Yep. Um, a couple days later, the caretaker of this houseboat is asked to check on it or is walking by. I mean, in the show, they play it as he was called to check on it. Um, some reports say that he was just walking by and had noticed that things were amiss. All the lights were on. Right. That's and he why like, he went. What is this? Uh, he gets there, notices it's been broken into. This guy, the caretaker, he's packing. So he goes in with a gun and he hears a shot. Um, wh- whether that was... That was totally TV fun. So <laughs> He just came and knocked on the door, but then um, Andrew shot at him. Right. And then he was like, whoa, okay, get in the cops. <laughs> so yeah, some people, either he shot at him, fired yeah. a shot at him, or... Some people, I, I think that they proved that wasn't the shot. He didn't kill himself right then. But police yeah. had surrounded the place um, so much so in the show, he was watching the standoff and watching this whole thing. He's finally made it to TV, right? How poetic. Um, but they surrounded this place. And I remember watching that. I remember watching that standoff. And they're like, are they going to get this guy? Mm-hmm. And when he killed himself, it was like, fuck Such you. Such a letdown, I know. Man, fuck you. This guy never said anything. Like, yeah. there was never a clear motive. Yeah, there was never a motive. They never went in and said... That's more the homophobia, though, because I remember at the time they were saying it, he had HIV and he was tracking down people who gave him HIV, which, which was not which true. Which was not true. And mm-hmm. it was checked. He didn't have it, but that was the homophobic news. Right. You know what I mean? Like... All these men are gay. What would they have in common? Right. And they I, they played, they, they even insinuated, because, I mean, there was rumors that Johnny Versace had gotten sick for a while mm-hmm. and that it was um, that was HIV until he got on top of it. But his family maintains that that was ear, ear cancer. Ear cancer. I, and they actually play it very... It could go either way on the show. Yeah. It's, it's like you decide. He could either have We're not gonna tell you ear we're cancer or hearing aids. They don't. It's one or the other. Hearing aids? Yeah, because it was in his ear. Yeah, I get it. It wasn't a good joke. We'll probably get it. Just, I'm sorry. No, we're leaving it. I'd like to apologize. <laughs> You're going to stick with wah, it. Wah. Yeah. I liked it. It was funny. You don't hearing have to aid. like it. It's fine. I'm just going to. Do you have AIDS? I have hearing aids. <laughs> <laughs> Do the dance. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> But that was that part was untrue. Um, yes, that was totally untrue. That was completely new sensationalism. Uh, and and Andrew, despite all his narcissism, he left no note, um, no manifesto. Um, he 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 barely had a few personal belongings at that time. Um, I I thought it was weird he left no note, but then I realized he was so in his mind with his lies. Everything that happened was like in his mind. So I think he might have been in a relationship with Versace in his mind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was everything he wanted. Versace represent like everything he wanted and he just couldn't get there. And so I think he built up this whole like being with him kind of fantasy like a stalker would. Yeah. And then he was stalking him and then he figured out his routine. So he knew when he'd come back home from getting the paper and stuff. And like, it's so scary. Because I'm sure Versace had no idea at all. Right. I think that takes... I mean, we can say that Andrew was a super... Which he was. But he was also very intelligent. 
I mean, he those re- are the scariest kinds of crazy people, right. though, because they can think things through like yeah. on a different level. And I think he realized. I, I really think there was both sides to Andrew that could be plausible, and it may be even like a matter of split personality, where you have this side of you that knows your whole life is a lie, and then you have the other half that's telling you it's true. And I think with his suicide, because it's just so bland. I don't even know what the other word to use for that would be, but I just think it could also be a matter of Andrew realizing there was just no glory behind the story. He just was his life was a lie. He he had nothing to... I mean, he really even if he wrote a manifesto, it would all be a lie. It would be bullshit. And I think he knows that, and I just think he took himself out unceremoniously. You know, hmm. just, just just like his life truly was. Hmm. You know? Wow. I don't know. That's that's my opinion on that mm. part, but that sucks. I mean, it, it sucks that anybody ever has to feel that way. And I think you know, um, there are a lot of stories uh, from that pe- time period where people either were killed or became um, something because of what they had to hide. Um, you know, so for for all intents and purposes, it, it is great that people feel more uh, free to be open about who they are in today's world. Um, but all of the all of the homophobia and the, and and everything aside, Andrew Cunanan was a broken individual who was. I mean, again, he was just you, you took a kid who had these tendencies and you polished them till they were razor sharp. Yep, making a murderer. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, his life could have gone either way. I don't know. Because um, in this one, there's really not a like a, a who done it or what do we think happened. Because we know what happened. We know. But yeah. why do you? I mean, let's in kind of to wrap this up. What do you take away from Andrew? Like, why is it that you truly believe all of this? You know, what's your what's your feeling looking back over it? Uh, for me, there seems to be a consistent pattern of all of the victims were just simply in his way of what he wanted. You know, whether Jeff was in the way of him being with David, um, Lee was in the way of money in a car, uh, the caretaker of the cemetery was just in his way of a vehicle. Mm. Um and I think Versace, in the end, was in his way of Andrew becoming who he wished he could be, competitively speaking. If if he can take out the person that he believes is on top, maybe he thinks he can take that position. And I mean, or he was truly smart enough and crazy enough to believe that I can be better than Versace if I can kill him. You know, like... There's there's really no much more control than taking someone's life from mm-hmm. them. That's like that's a huge matter of of a power trip, like to the extreme. Right. I don't know. That's. I just think he was. I mean, obviously crazy, but just power tripping and 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 killing people who were in his way hmm. of anything he wanted, whether it was big or small. Wow, Melissa. I just think he was so entitled. He's just like was mad at people who just wouldn't give him the things he deserved which again it's like they were in his way mm-hmm. but then he'd kill him which you're right is a major control issue mm-hmm. of taking it away and I just think he created so many lies he believed in himself and then 
acted on them. But yeah. I don't know. He's a sick, sick individual. And I yeah. just wish the cops could have caught him sooner. Yeah. God damn it. Well, you know, and I <laughs> like think. Like across five states. Come on. Yeah. You know, those are the real. I mean, yes. When we look at this story, I think that it is fascinating um, that in the wake of this story, it it became, you know, about Versace being murdered. But to be fair. This story, this story of Andrew Cunanan, it could have been anybody at the end of that rainbow. It could have been anybody that he had fixated that meant fame, that meant fortune, that meant accomplishment. And the, and the, the people, Lee Miglin, uh, William Reese, Jeff Trail, David Madsen, these people got lost in the shuffle of this story, ultimately, especially in the beginning. Um, they didn't have a giant funeral that was attended by Princess Di and Elton John and was televised. Um, they were people who were killed uh, just as horribly, if not more horribly, by this same individual. And I, I do like that that show came along and dedicated so much of its time to these characters, real or not, whether it was fictional, whether it was uh, embellished a little bit. I do like that these people and their story got told um, and that, yeah, it really did play Andrew Cunana as not just the man who took away a great mind like Versace, but a, a sick individual who ruined a lot of lives. And, you know, that's exactly what he was, just a, a fucking psychopathic piece of shit. It's crazy to think that all of those people are connected to each other, you know, mm-hmm. um, because of Andrew, and it's really weird to think that uh, he used Jeff's gun to kill Versace. Mm. You know, like in he the had end, the like gun the whole time. The whole time, it was Jeff's gun. Like if T- Jeff Trell would have known, like my gun will, uh, you know, one day end up killing Versace. It's just, it's crazy. It's Why really can't crazy we put GPS see. tracking devices in guns, That's, and we'll always track the guns. A really, really good idea. <laughs> that Melissa. we can know where the guns are. All right, we're not going to do this <laughs> podcast anymore. We're going to go home and invent GPS trackers for guns. So genius. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. That was your idea. You get all the credit for Woo. that. Well, <laughs> I'm doing my dance. <laughs> you know, but I'm glad you can still dance at the end of this episode. I'm yeah, sad we didn't. We didn't. Still. It didn't just pound all the rhythm out of you with the nonstop murder and sadness. <laughs> no, awful. It was awful, and and you know. You know what I love, though, is that Versace is still going, that Donatella stepped up his sister and took it over, and it's still a fantastic empire. Yes. I think that's amazing. So, Yeah, I, I think, mean, at least that's ahead. a positive thing. I think that's an, I think that, yeah, picking up out of the ashes. I mean, the Versace name means as much today, if not more so, than it did back then. Um, and to see that, because they did also play that in the show, that, that this was Johnny's company. Donatella was yeah. very much underneath him. Different visions for sure. But so, yeah. He's I probably uh, rolling in his grave right now though, because I'm wearing my, my moccasins <laughs> out there right now. No, he'd be like, you know what? You're beautiful. Your moccasins, they shape your feet. No. And they accent the way that you walk. You're a beautiful woman and no. the moccasins accentuate that beauty. No, I just didn't want to get my docks dirty so I it was raining and so I, <laughs> I, put, my, I put my moccasins on. It's a moccasin... For those of you who uh, who would like moccasins. to who would like to see uh, Danny's moccasins, uh, head on over to our social media, which you should be following anyway: Facebook, Twitter, so Instagram. You can find 
Area 52 on all of them, as well as going to utahpodcastnetwork.com. And as always, if you wouldn't mind taking time to just head over to the iTunes store or whatever your podcast app and just writing a little review, rating us five stars and saying, hey, you guys are doing a good job. We'd appreciate it. Um, but that's going to do it for us. I thought this was a really good episode. I thought that uh, it's a tragic story, but mm. I feel like we told it okay. I think so. Yeah, we're not we're not as good as not as good as Ryan FX Murphy, or, of course. Oh, yeah, but whatever. But it was great. He so had a celebrity cast. Uh, if you didn't watch um, the uh, death of Johnny Versace, it's on demand. Go check that out. Um, there's also a lot of Datelines and and documentaries about the killing of Johnny Versace and, and Andrew Cunanan. But I did think that the show did stretch out and flesh out some of these characters who, like you said, don't get the time in the 48 hours yeah. documentary and the Dateline yeah. NBC. So, um, What about the dove? I like that conspiracy the about pigeon? it. Yeah. The or that was, like, did it? Well, they found, the bu- bullet they found or... bullet fragments in a dove laying next to Johnny's body who matched the gun, so they were able to prove it. And I think that's poetic that this man died next to this white dove on this beautiful That's steps. Beautiful. And I mean, it was, yeah. it was really a pigeon. Oh, <laughs> I'm, so, it's a white I'm dove. so sorry. It's a dirty, it was really a pigeon. Don't and that's why all. people thought it was a mafia hit. That, and that that's was what I was going to say. There was conspiracy. Mafia, that leave being, a dead bird. Yep. But it was, yeah, it really got a ricochet. Yeah, that, especially with his that Italian background. They thought I would have made it a dove. Listen, listen, here's what you don't do. You didn't make a suit for the Don. All right. We're gonna leave this pigeon next to your body. Let's that let you know that you know you did not we did not approve of your tailoring. And also Versace's house is gorgeous, but the setup is kind of heinous with the gate. Yeah. You know, and it's like you have to stand unprotected to take the time to unlock your gate with a key to safely yeah. get inside your courtyard, which kind I feel of, like I'd have like an underground tunnel that I slipped through and came <laughs> up through an elevator or something. Batman style. Yeah, something like it just seems like that shows you, though, his trusting nature. Yes, which is so tragic. Yeah. Darn it. The whole story was. But go check it out. Go look into it for yourself. There's a lot of details, um, obviously, that we can't cover everything in the podcast. So go check it out. Go check out the pictures. Go check out all the information that's online. Um, but thank you for listening to us uh, tell this tale. We really appreciate it. On behalf of Danny and Melissa, our producer Sasha, and everybody here at the Area 52 Recording Facilities, We just want to thank you for your time, and hey, we'll see you next time.